Welcome to episode 102 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. Um, this week we're back to our normal programming and thanks to everyone who has written in and reached out regarding ish, uh, episodes 100 and 101. Oh, good fun. Um, don't worry, Peter David's Hulk is coming. It's a little bit of a changing schedule, but that's probably going to be next week's. Um, back with me this week is regular co-host, Comics Gagster. Um, I just had an email, I had a text from Strotty saying, how does he find so many jokes? Um, and uh, comics fan, it's Mr. Alan Henderson. How you doing, babes? You right? Greetings. Yeah, I, I beg, steal and borrow all the jokes. That's the, um, <laughs> like a good the, comedian. the Every good comedian does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was chatting to him and he said, oh, I said, I can't talk, I'm about, I'm about to record with Al. And he said, uh, oh, that man knows so many jokes. Said, okay, good man. Excellent. Yes, he does. Um, I noticed you've just done quite a lovely painting of... Um, Nate, was it Nature's Barcode? Nature's Barcode, yes. Yeah. So I, yeah. I spent a couple of days um, up in the north of Scotland, uh, up on the west coast, um, just relaxing with Mrs H and uh, did some walks in the woods and uh, took some some photos and things. And uh, I came back and did a little watercolour study based on based on one of them, just to, uh, just it's to great, stretch mate, the muscles in a different way. Being a buddy of yours on social media as well, that in, as well as in real life, obviously, I saw the photograph that that came from because I think you yeah. posted it first, didn't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, lovely, lovely mm-hmm. stuff, man. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, we're just gonna um do a quick advert. Don't forget that you can get a copy of the brilliant new drawn under the influence DUI anthology. Both Al and I are in it, as well as a host of really good people. It's um a new anthology from the Awesome Comics Podcast community. Um. And money from each purchase goes to the Shelter Charity. It's very worthy. Go to buysmallpress.com and you can get your own copy. Or find Implausible17 on Twitter, which is uh, our editor. The sternest editor in comics, Sarah Harris. Um, we sold some last weekend at Meanwhile. And they were, they, were, they were collected and sold out almost immediately. So I think there is about 30 left. So get in. Oh, um, this, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, um, so that's really good. So get on that. It's at buysmallpress.com. Sorry, mate, you going to say? As a tiny correction, it's not shelter, it's refuge. Pardon me, the charity, you are right. That gets yeah. the I've written that um, wrong. And if I understand correctly, we've, um, or Sarah's already managed to collect £500. That's I think it's, yeah, I think it's actually more than that. Yeah, because I, was, I think that's really? the last one she posted, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Which was yesterday. And I know she's made quite a few sales just today. Um, there was. Did you see the email saying... From her managing director or something, you bought a copy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, How are your friends working around in society? They sound a bit weird. <laughs> She's, he's not wrong. Yeah, so that's good stuff. So get on that. So this week, um, back to our normal programming, as I've said, we've got um, a little bit of a special sort of different one, a little collection well, of stories. What have you chosen, Al? Yeah, so so for once, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting you to, to one issue, which yeah. um, I'm, it's I'm not a short enough. issue, though, is it? Sure. Well, it's only 56 pages. It was a special. Um, So this was the Secret Origins special uh, that came out in late 1989. Um, Part of the Secret Origins series that that ran from DC Comics. Um, The series was established shortly after um, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So it ran from 1986 through 1990 for 50 issues basically putting in place the basis for where did everybody come from yeah, for the, the DC universe. That's how I saw it, because Crisis rearranged the chess pieces once again, didn't it? I know yeah. we've had it a number of times since, but it, it basically put every, threw everyone into one universe, and this was kind of 
So we, you know, from everyone who looked at Perez's art in Crisis and is trying to work who that tiny red figure is in the top of the page, yeah. this did that for us, didn't it? So it explained so, a lot. Yeah, of it. It, yeah. It, it created some of the continuity with regard to, yeah. to that. Um, so as I say, it ran for 50 issues for covering an array of characters for everything from Black Hawk through to El Diablo. Um, yep. the, the history of the Suicide Squad and things like that. Um, and then the special that came out um, covers what it, it, basically the Bat villains, uh, or three yep. of them specifically um, the Penguin, the Riddler, and Two Face. Um, and this was one of those, those tie in bits that you know, it came out in 1989 because obviously it was part of the build up to uh, the first Batman Batmania uh, movie. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so that that's what we're going to going to look at tonight. Good stuff. Um, now it's got a host of people in it involved. Mm. So there is um it's a who's who to a certain extent of um great artists and writers. Um and we're going to we're not going to pick on everyone but going to pick on some of our favorites. Um the it's it's got sort of a wrapper that's written by Neil Gaiman and then some sort of stories that are we're going to try and figure out how they came to be there at some point I'm sure but did you want to just sort of summarise the story very quickly, Al? So, you able to? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it, as you say, it's it's three stories with a fourth story that connects them all together. Yeah. Um, all of which I think actually creates this into a very interesting time capsule for for the whole of. Um, yes, you've got a theory around this, haven't you? Yeah. Because the 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 surrounding story is basically a, a journalist who's looking to tell the you know the. The, the backstories of each of these um the, these villains and he wants to basically say that the villains are, are not as bad as we make out and it's actually batman that's the, that's the bad guy and you know he's looking to build himself up and that's very much uh in my view a, a 1980s view you know okay. because he's trying to you know establish himself he's trying to do that for his own personal gain you know and the the media shock jock type thing was very much a big yeah he's view. that sort of flash uh, front man for a documentary, you know, yeah. loads of ads probably, and you know, lots of cuts. His name is actually Steve Jones, least interesting or imaginative name yeah. ever for a character. Yeah. I don't know why that was. It so, must be maybe somebody knew or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, so in that, he's the 1980s storyline that piece. It goes on to then one of the stories which I think actually is very dark in terms of the sort of gothic horror element that comes with it. Yeah. And that's basically you know, setting out the scene for the dark age that came in the nineteen nineties in terms of some of the back and the bat stories that are there. Yeah. There's a nineteen seventies style adventure story piece. And then there's a nineteen sixties fun you know, or the hangover of the fun from the nineteen sixties type story. Yeah. There's so a, I think this an Adam West a, influence, isn't there, somewhere? Very much. Yeah. yeah. Very, very much. So it, I, I think there's a sixties, seventies, eighties and nineties feel to different bits of this book, which creates a really interesting sort of balance as to how you actually, you know, look at the bat villains and look at the bat, you know, mythology in terms of saying each one of these views is, is coming out differently in terms of the take. Yeah. But they're all you know, they're all valid in their own way. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's good. Um the uh, we've got to mention the cover is by Brian Bolland. Um lovely cover man. Like really good. Which yeah. Yeah. It um so the, the cover features say it's the Riddler, Two Face, and uh, and the Penguin sitting down in front of both of them, with the the shadow of the bat hanging over behind them. Um, classic Boland from the time, very crisp, very tight. Great um, characterization in the faces. Yeah. 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 Lovely. So, yeah. That was, I was yeah. very pleased with that one. Um, 
I have to say, original sin. So let's let's um, let's start with that. Then I'm going to intervene, and I've got some questions with you about Batman villains and stuff. But um, original sins, which is the initial story, the rapper, as we're calling it. Um, was yep. written by Neil Gaiman, um, pencils by Mike Hoffman, more about him in a second, inks by um, Kevin Nolan, colours Tom McCraw, letters Todd Klein, and the editor, I think of everything, was Mark Wade, wasn't he? Yeah. So he sort of edited the whole thing. Is It reminds me of like almost like a Vertigo Batman book. I think it's the sort of art style, maybe. It's um, The first um... couple of pages are okay, but once we get into the sort of journalists, you know, sitting around chatting... I'm like, oh, okay. It, it's quite talking heads, and it's obviously very yeah. much a, we're just setting the the scene for telling the other stories. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of you know, there's some interesting interplay in there as well, where you, it, it sets itself in its time zone quite nicely because there's a line I think is on page six. Or the page numbers I'm going to quote are from the digital version. Okay. Because that's, that's yeah, that's what I've got in front of me. So that's fine. Um, yeah. So on page six, where because one of the things they obviously want to do is talk about the Joker, because if you were going to be the the media person, you you would want the big villain. Yeah, they're there. desperate and to they, get. They him, say they, they can't yeah. can't get the Joker. Now, obviously, the reason they're not done the Joker is there's so many other Joker books that were coming out at the time related to the movie. <laughs> so they wanted to just doesn't keep, stop them now. Do, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, but this is a case of well, well, this is a well. Look, we want to promote the other villains as well, um, but there's a line in there about oh, we haven't seen the Joker since the UN fiasco. Yeah, and the UN fiasco is actually a reference to Death in the Family. Yes, I wonder whether it was that um, Aparo, yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it is, isn't so, it? Yeah, because he yeah, he, so he goes there with a doesn't he go there slightly a little bit racist? <laughs> it, he, he goes. Um, Half dressed as an Arab with a, right, a nuclear yeah. bomb or whatever, yeah, and yeah. or with a gas or something. Because then, yeah, yeah, you've discussed death in the family. Yeah, we have. You go back previously. Versions. Yeah, definitely. Go, go and get yeah. So, so that puts it in the time zone for for when it's um, coming. Um, do I see that as the vertical piece? Oddly enough, no. I see the. I see when we actually start getting into the the, the penguin storyline. I see that much more. Vertical. Okay, it just reminded me a but, bit of like um, I kept looking at that dude, Steve Jones, and thinking. Is he the demon? You know, is he? Is it Jason oh, Blood? Is that the demon? I kept looking at him yeah. thinking, is yeah. he going to be the demon in this or something? It just had that little touch of the sort of, um, uh, what, it, what do they call it? Magical realism, I suppose now, don't they? You know, yeah. I was thinking, oh, is this going to go off in that direction? Yeah. No, to me, because for a while I was like going, does he actually look, um, you know, who, has he used some sort of photo reference to, to get to that? Yeah, yeah. I because... That. You know, again, if it sort of ties in, and there's the the closing sequence of the uh, the rapper story, we'll probably talk about that in more depth as well. Yeah. But there's 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 clearly something in there about just that whole you know setting the scene, establishing a good reason for them to say we're going to go round all these different villains, and why at times they couldn't speak to the villain, but they spoke to other parties that were connected with them, um, all of which creates that that nice flow. Yeah, there's um, there's um a mix and match of who they're speaking to and, and why it connects and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, um, Mike Hoffman who drew that story um with Kevin Nolan art. Um, Mike Hoffman's mostly I don't know if you know this. He's mostly known for his Vampirella art. Um, mm. he did a few things. Did some Hellblazer as well, and he also worked with Neil Gaiman on Midnight Days, um, which was that sort of. Do you remember it's that right. trade that came out after Sandman, which is a sort of collection of all different stories of his. Um, yeah. He's um, Cream Magazine, of all people, called him the most outspoken man in comics, which is pretty cool. Um, he's now doing he's doing a variety of things. One of the things he's doing is covers for 
Eerie, which is E Y R I E. Have you read, have you seen those magazines? They're sort of black and white horror magazines. Um, I know of them. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't recognise his art from that. But, yeah, um, not from this, would you? Definitely. Um, yeah. He's um, but probably easiest to find on Facebook. Uh, he's a bit of a, one of these guys who's sort of a mixture of a punk rocker, and he's also working on a book of gag strips, and he plays in a band, and he does a lot of pieces to camera on his YouTube stuff. Lives now in South Carolina. Um, but yeah, an interesting dude, I have to say. Um, his YouTube channel is a mixture of um, talking about psychology and comics. Um, and he's done a series of how to draw books called Secrets of Drawing, which are, are, are worth looking up. Um, I'm guessing you're a Kevin Nolan fan, are you, dude? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. And you know, the fact that Kevin Nolan, because he inked this, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he's got a strong ink line. Yeah. You can always tell, I think, a Kevin Nolan ink line. He's, he's quite overpowering, like a lot of inkers, I think. Certainly on the first couple of pages, um, where you've actually the only appearance of Batman in the whole book. Um, yeah. You know when Batman's flying out of the out the bedroom window type type piece. He does that, look he like very... he does look like an actual bloke swinging on a rope there, doesn't he? Something mm. we don't often see. You know, he's almost always like one hand or something. You know, you know. But that looks like he's you know he's looking down, thinking I'm going to fall off this rope any minute. To me, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so born 1958 in Nebraska. His first work was illustrations in the fan press in the comics journal Amazing Heroes. He's done a lot of work in his, as an inker, or as he described himself, a finisher. Uh, first published work was on Doctor Strange 57, 983. So reasonably recent, you know, for some of these artists we're talking mm. about. Um, there's a, I think there's a little bit of the Bolland in his work. His Superman aliens particularly um, really, like you say, a crisp, strong line like Bolland had. Um, yeah. A nice, clean line. Um, anyone uh, describe- also, some of the faces that, he, that he's drawn in this book yeah. really scream to me in the 1980s, or an, an end of 80s, beginning of 90s book. It okay. has that feel, you know. Just that's some of it's to do with the hairstyles, I think. You know, because there's there's one of the the females has got the spiky hairpiece, yeah. And you're like that, <laughs> yeah. which is always you know one of the characters in the thing, in the early. She's almost proto death, isn't she? You know, she's there's a bit yeah. of that. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a bit in there. So um, he's but, done loads of stuff, man, over the years. He's done everything from IP to company company products. Everything from I've said from Dalgoda, favorite of mine, to X Men. Um, to Lobster Johnson, to Tomorrow's Stories with Alan Moore. He's, he's extremely prolific. Well worth looking out. Um, the Kayfabe had just done a, an episode on Superman Aliens, and that is beautiful. I'd forgotten how gorgeous that book is. I know we sort of poo-poo yeah. some of those stories, don't we, a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'd forgotten how gorgeous that was. Good. So that's um, so that's the wrapper, which I, I'm guessing we'll probably mention towards the end of the episode because there's a little yeah. spoiler there as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you're well, a big back. At the end of the... Go on, no, I was, I was going to keep going with the story, but yeah, yeah, go on. Good. yeah. yeah no, go with the story. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Well, I was going to say because there's a brilliant bit at the end of the first bit of the wrap here, but just before they start talking to the to you know because it moves into a penguin storyline. Yeah, and it's about <laughs> the fact that, and again, this has that real sort of eighties office vibe about it. That there is the downtrodden female character who's being put upon by the um by the the, the Steve Jones character, and it's um. It, you know, a, an actual penguin is brought in to say, well, look, this <laughs> yeah, is what no, we yeah. have in the studio. And this whole thing about, you know, um, can you get the little flutter to stay in shot? You know, and it's just the fact that they make her pick up the penguin yeah. and carry it onto the, the TV shot. And, and he's shagging her as well, isn't he? Because the secret is that she yeah. was there as well when Batman came in and all this sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's that, yeah. that speaks to speaks but, to the sleaze of Mr. Jones. 
yes, TV yeah. front man. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a comedic element of going, right, get her to pick up the penguin and actually deal with the penguin. But it's actually quite a nice setting for that was what was happening in the 80s. But, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. When you think of all the craziness, you know, over and over, over here, like with the word and all this sort of stuff, stuff they've oh, tried yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Now, um, before we get on to the next one, um, just a couple of chats about um, Batman's Rogues Gallery. To me, the best Rogues Gallery. I don't know. Do what do you think in comics? Yes, I'm going to say that. I think it's the easiest yeah. Um, yeah. To, to say that. There's, they're all different, and you go in different directions with each and every one of them. Um, yeah. While some of the other Rogues Gallery, you end up with quite similar people for yeah. very simple traits. Where do you, where yeah. do you go with the second best for you? Um. Probably the Flash actually is the second best, but I still think there's. I've got the Flash as my third. Yeah, yeah, that's right. a good point. I think the Flash is great. I used to love the villains in the Flash almost as much as I love the villains in Batman because yeah, I think with Batman you had almost like with certain writers, and I didn't, I don't, I'm not a hater of this. I actually quite like it. You had almost like a revolving door, didn't you? Mm. Of story next, yeah. you know, two weeks time we'll get the, you know, two months time we'll get this, you know, and same same with the Flash to a certain extent. I I know you're not a Marvel guy. But I'm putting I'm putting Spider Man as as um, second best. Yeah, right? I would yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah, I can see with that. Yeah, again because there's such a diversity within that as yeah. well in terms of the, and it's not as easy because sometimes with the Flash it is just oh here's the one you know what is the gimmick for this one. Yeah. Um, but it has has the array with it. And there's some right um, wanky ones amongst it. You know, the top. You know, and this yeah. sort of thing. You know, same as Batman, we get all the Calendar Man, all that sort of crap, don't we? You know. Mm. Yeah, I was having a look through but, some of the um, some of the villains today. I went through the um, the list on nothing DC fan whatever it is, um, and there's a few a few that jumped out to me. Firstly, Penguin um, is who we're about to deal with is Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot, created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. First appearance in Detective Comics fifty eight nineteen ninety forty one. Um, I actually think there hasn't been many that have stuck, apart from really early ones. Um, you get the really early ones, and then you move on to the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams ones, and after yeah. that, you get a couple by Alan Grant, and then a, a loads by Grant Morrison, but they don't seem to stick too much. And you get, yeah, and then you get the you odd one. Get the last, last major one to be created that actually has any sort of bite to it is Bane. You know, I wouldn't, yeah. which is chucked out. I suppose so is it wheeler, Professor Pig? Yeah. Is that the one that sort of they're trying yeah. to push it, aren't they? But it hasn't really. Yeah, yeah, Bane but, definitely. Yeah. 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 You know, in terms of of the others, I think you're right. I think there's there's certainly stuff from the Grant runs. Certainly, you know, but there was a big period in the in the sixties and the like where yeah they were just churning out exactly what was there previously. Yeah. Um. Though there's some nice take on that in terms of how the you know Mr. Freeze for example came out in the sixties. Yeah, he's a his, great character. His, his, I like him a lot, and he's got that you know he's got that pathos and that you know motivation thing going on a lot of the time isn't he and you know with his misses and stuff i think i think he's a great character um yeah a couple of other ones i picked on was i didn't realize this until i read it today but vandal savage and solomon grundy were created by someone do you know who just out of interest i didn't know this till today no i'd have to no alfred, no <laughs> alfred bester the science fiction writer stars right. our destination i was like did not know that man yeah that's good. And then we've got a couple more which we'll come to in a minute. But, um, yeah, it just occurred to me that these villains are all, you know, all these Two-Faces and Jokers and Catwoman and Penguin and they're all, you know, 
80 years old almost. You yeah, know, it's incredible, isn't and it? Well, and there's there's a lot of overlay between these and things like the Dick, Dick Tracy um, yes. character set. Yeah, he's another great um, one, isn't he? He's one we should have mentioned, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that, that's where I think there, you know, there's a relationship between all of these things. But you, you, there is this point about saying, look, if something works the first time around, then why... Yeah, you know, why fix it? And we want to keep um, seeing it, don't we? We we like yeah. it when the Joker's back. We like it when the Penguin's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think well, and this is all, with all these things. There are good stories of these, you know, because if you were to say, "Well, pick your favorite," I don't think I I, had, I struggle to pick a favorite necessarily. But I would turn around and say there are some very good stories of each of the villains, but there are also some very bad ones of each of the villains. Um, yeah, and I do like the fact that there are some of these where you can play with their design. And actually, come up with you know a completely different look about them, but still know who they are. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose and, you know, I think um, Penguin's a really good example of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Riddler is as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, because he's he's changed a bit, isn't he? Um, little shout out to the Black Spider, one of my favourites, um, by Jerry mm. Conway. I remember my father buying me issue four six three. Um, in uh, 1976 and me reading in the back of the car and when you think that jerry conway previously two years ago created the punisher he was just doing the same thing again you know <laughs> it's uh <laughs> any any outliers that you quite you quite like you think oh he's a bit weird he's back again quite like that I, yeah so i, I always like clayface yes that's, a, that's yeah. an interesting one where you can can take it in lots of different ways and Arguably, there are four clay faces, so it helps yeah. that. And one that but, Alan Grant dealt with really well. Him and Brayfog did some great issues, didn't they? Yes, and oddly enough, there is actually a clay face um, Secret Origins episode. Oh, okay, um, oh, right. it was one of the actual books in the main series. It tied in with the um, the Mud Pack storyline that came out in Detective Comics. Right. Um, okay. But, but again, as a character, I think he's been dealt really well in in terms of some of the the public domain or the public viewed stuff. So the way that he was in the Batman animated series, yeah, and they did action figures of him and stuff, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, looking feel for that character. And actually, the way he's been dealt with re most recently in the Harley Quinn animated series, oh, I've not seen that yet. Okay, I if you can get past the first episode, which <laughs> right, is okay. really weak, but the rest of it's brilliant. Yeah, I heard Absolute that. My son was telling me that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And they, they play him as a you know as an actor at that point in this at this point in in the Harlequin thing and the uh, as, a, as a super camp English style actor, um, right? Okay, and, you know it's, it's really but it's really it works. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So no, I think there's there's lots in that in terms of of, of the way that you can interplay with it. Good stuff, man. Now um, I may refer to for the rest of the episode Neil Gaiman as Ronald Chevalier. Um, for, <laughs> that is an in joke for anyone who's ever seen Gentleman Broncos. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. Is right, he... it is. It is okay. basically about him. I recommend you go and watch it. It's like a follow-up to Napoleon Dynamite by the same guy. Right, and it's about this right. sort of science fiction writer who's full of his own piss importance who rides in this small American town. I recommend it. Anyway, so moving on to um, the Killing Peck. <laughs> yeah. By uh, so this is the um, the Penguin section. Uh, it's written by Alan Grant. Pencils by the the amazing Sam Keith. Colors by Tom McCraw. Letters by Albert de Guzman and ed again edited by Mark Wade. Um, what was what's this one about, dude? So this this has got like they they get into this nicely, don't they? It's not your most obvious penguin yeah. story, is it? So they can't interview the penguin, so they end up inter um, they're interviewing one of his goons who who, who has this this history of him. Yeah. Um, as you see, there's an interesting thing here that this is Sam Keith's art. Um, this book came out in the same year as a Sandman started. Yes. But obviously, yeah. this is the piece of the book where Sam Keith. <laughs> 
and gaming are not working together. So they yeah. can't, you know, it's that. So this is the the retelling of how did the, the the penguin become who he is, and it's this is the darkest story in the the whole of this. Oh, mate, um, um, emotionally, you know, structurally, and act, it's actually drenched in ink, isn't it? You know, in every yeah. single oh, way, yeah. it's the darkest. The yeah, yeah. Um, and, and 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 beautifully laid out as well in terms oh, of the, the, the page yeah. constructs are, are quite they're, they're not there's circular panels there's the um, back face blades and stuff um so this is about how did the, the the penguin become who he is in terms of the the characterization and it it, it runs another and this is where which, which came first the, I, i've seen this elsewhere before about the fact that he was a child and was involved with a, a pet shop and that, that had lots of birds in it yeah. and it's about the fact that he, he he lives there and he um has a relationship with a bully at the school who who continuously pushes him down and eventually ends up killing a lot of the birds and that causes the penguin to to snap and and go and attack the bully um <laughs> who ends up being known as um as, as a shark face or shark teeth um but anyway the guy ends up with with, with metal teeth because the, the the penguins basically smashed his teeth in. after a hilarious training montage of um he, of the yeah. penguin working out yeah yeah <laughs> but it's it, it's and um but it leads to the fact that the guy ends up with these metal teeth and the, this is the, the the later story. The, the he's the, the penguin captures the guy again, yeah. and and basically teasers his teeth shut, you know, and by <laughs> electrocuting him, having forced fed him a hold of um, sardines or something, um, or, or small fish of some type, and it, it's just like so grim and and, yeah. and and dark in terms of what what it's trying to do with that. Um, and it's all about the fact that, that this is the goon who is there helping the penguin basically first force feed the guy and then um, get him get him tasered. Uh, that it's you know it, it's really it's, it's really grim, really dark. And this is where DC went in the nineties. It went okay. in these grim. Yeah. Now, for a for a, a special as a whole that has quite a few comedy bits in it. And Alan Grant is known for writing a lot of humorous comics. There's very little humor in this, very little open humorness. Some of it's, you know, there's there's a lot of dark humor in terms of the way he has, you know, the, the, he makes the penguin as a, as a child go to a fancy dress party. Um, yeah. And, well, and the, the guy basically makes his swim drop down that. But it, it's dark, dark humor. Yeah, I mean that was one of the, the the things that always used to make me laugh about the penguin, and this is actually part of his origin story that is played out over a number of different origins. Is he's mm. been told he's got to carry an umbrella by his parents in case it rains. Yeah. It just yeah. makes me laugh. As a, who comes yeah. up with origins like that? Do you know what I mean? It's genius. Yeah. yeah, really good. And uh, this is also the story that makes me think that this book, as lovely as the stories are, is a collection of odd stories they had, um, mm. because this one has four or five pages of the batman in it where i got the in, yeah. i got the impression this was just about the villains do you see what i mean mm. um and it's almost mm. like oh we've got this one yeah that's good and let's use that and it's a beautiful story uh, actually probably my favorite i think of the book um right. but it does have the batman quite heavily it's almost an investigation by him at some points isn't it true yeah. it has the yeah it, it's the the mention of the or the feed into the story from the, the wraparound story is, is much more open but it doesn't actually feature in, yeah. in the book, in the actual storyline. So yeah, you could write this. Could be written for for any collection of of um, yeah. 
or any as a backup story for for anything. Um, and then you know, as I say, this would have been this would be very early Sam Keith for oh, DC because so this yeah. could have been DC tryout for him or something like that. Yeah, it might well have been a gone. tryout story, mightn't it? Yeah, you see that quite a lot with a lot of dread stuff. So let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about Sam Keith. Are you, you a fan or? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, I remember his his Wolverine. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's mm. like just that was proper feral. So Sam Keith, born uh, the 11th of January, 1963. First noticed um, um, when he, I first noticed him when he was the inker on uh, Matt Wagner's Mage series in the early in volume one in 1984. Yeah. He then inked some fish police. Um, and then he wrote, he, I suppose he really broke out with the Sandman stuff. Um, he um, got the story um, with Alan Grant after he'd been seen in a book called Epicurus the Sage, which I haven't read. Um, I haven't, but I did remember looking at, up about it because yeah. it is one of the Piranha Press books. So when right, we about okay, when we're talking about previously. that. Yeah, I get you. Um, mm-hmm. He's done some really interesting stuff that just doesn't show up anywhere. So I only got this from some YouTube interviews. He did a, a, um, a, a character called Pummeler, which is a Mike Barron and Sam Keith Punisher parody that came out from Parody Press. Um, and he did somebody, some uh, Spineless Men 2099. Um, which is a sort of 2099 Spider-Man thing. He did some um, intergalactic ninja um, stuff. Um, he has, for me, a combination of a lot of influences, but there's definitely some underground in there for me. Definitely. Um, the way he... Because he, um, it's quite pop-arty in terms of bits of the way he draws certain character faces and yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, even with this digital, they've not, they've not really tried to clean it up, have they? I don't think. No. But it's fucking drenched you know it's 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 in the he's even in the digital you can see it where all the the ink has leaked into it and it's beautiful there's um some of the batman stuff i think is some of my favorite stuff i think the Mm. um the sort of he does this sort of musculature on batman which makes him look like a fucking unit you know really does Mm. doesn't he yeah just absolutely gorgeous stuff and then of course um the writer of this is Alan Grant, who's I think is I think we've talked about this before. is a favourite of ours on Batman. Yeah, would he yeah. be for you? Oh, it, it, he is my Batman writer because yeah. you know, it's when I probably got back into Batman for that that side of things. Yeah, yeah. We've talked we so talked the, about him before, but I, I went through and added up the amount of Batman stories he did, and it's hard hmm. to keep track because it depends what you count and what you don't count. You know, um, but I made it up to about 150 Bat Universe stories he wrote, issues he wrote. And that's not including the JLA stuff. Um, yeah, that's quite an achievement, really. You know. Well, yeah, you have to remember, you know, he was so important to, to DC they gave him his own Bat title. Yes, you know, which was Shadow of the Bat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was was that that him and Non Briefable together it was a case of look, yeah, we, we we like you so much, but we want somebody else to take over Detective, please. <laughs> yeah. So tell you what, we'll give you your own title and let you get on with it. I've got a page um, of Shadow on my wall here. Um, just mm. right in front of me from him, from the both of them. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, he claims that he learned to write from rewriting other people's stories when he was um, a sort of romance editor, uh, which is quite right. interesting. Um, his, he claims his whole career has been an accident. Um, he um, he says that Denny O'Neill was the best editor you could possibly have. He calls him the Zen editor. And he said mm. only once did, he, did um, Denny say to him, go and rewrite that one. Don't like that one. You know, which is quite cool. When you think that he was a man who, at the time, was a great believer in anarchy, being an anarchist, which is where anarchy came from. You know, the character anarchy, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, was it Batman Planetary that you wrote? And oh yeah, I remember talking to him about it at the time, and, or being at a, an event where he was being talked about. And someone asked me, you know, which 
preparation did you do in terms of studying planetary? And he went, nothing. I just, just wrote the storyline. <laughs> Does that work? That'll do. And actually, I don't even know who half the characters are. I just kind of guessed. Yeah. You know, and it, it kind of fitted really well. Yeah, it worked yeah. really well. I liked it, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he claims he doesn't enjoy writing with anyone other than uh, John Wagner. Um, although he was in that ex office during nightfall and stuff, and he, he mm. said, I got on really well with Chuck Dixon and Doug Mensch. He said he really enjoyed their company, but he said, I just want to sit in a corner with no windows and write stories. So I don't want to entertain re- writing with other people. And he says, It was a bit of a shame because um, I think they made quite a lot of money out of Bane, you know. Yeah. Um, but he, even he said that Anarchy, the character he invented, um, was. Um, used in a in one of these video games oh, yeah. i don't know what they're called i don't play them but the he said he got a hundred grand for that yeah. so out of the blue some check arrived yeah it's yeah because he, he lives in a city he lives in a small village called money Ive in yeah. in a very large house on the outside of it which is known as the the house that batman built um and <laughs> uh yeah he, he it, it, it's it's he, it, it, there are other characters he has created. You know, we've talked about things that you know he created. Um, the ventriloquist, which is yes, I, I great think, character, brilliant, almost brilliant. one of the last great characters for me. Yeah, you know, apart um, from maybe Bane, I suppose they were almost made about this, around about the same, same time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, was Mr. Zaz. Yeah, he, was Casey Beast one of his as well? No, that was yeah. that was Doug Mench. No, oh, I think it was around yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. It would be, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I think that Grant has always been great at, and it's part of his UK comics training, is that he can do a short story. Yeah. And, you know, so this particular one is, what, about 10 pages or something like Yeah. You know, and it's it, it, that's where I think dealing with some of those bigger Nightfall-type storylines are like wasn't necessarily his, his thing because it, it wasn't... While, while he could keep an eye on what the overall story arc was... He was very, very good at saying, "I'm in, telling a quick story, and I'm out again." Yeah, and that, as I say, and I, and I really think that's something we're entirely missing. Um, I, I do completely, of... man. I think there's nothing more than I love is picking up, you know, a one or two issue story on Batman. I think, and it's kind yeah. of why his Rogues Gallery for me worked so well because they were a revolving door. Mm. So you might get a new character, but you know, this time next year you'll get a Joker story or you'll get, you know, whatever. Um, killer croc story or something and then occasionally there would be a story which would have a couple of them or maybe more in it and you think oh this is like a special little event and i think when you start doing you know 12 issue runs of a story it loses me a bit with batman um somehow it does and that uh, you know again you can have an overarching story so we've talked about long halloween elsewhere as well but you know long halloween works because it's it's what's thirteen issues, isn't it? It's so, tight. but it's yeah. thir- it's thirteen issues of different of a different villain each time. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know it's thirteen one one shots with a, a theme running through as well. So it's 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 yeah it's good from that perspective. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite strip of this, dude? Have you have you decided or? So, I the reason I always remember this book is the next storyline. Okay, so let's talk about that one a bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So having gone through the the, the backstory of of the penguin it is a, there's a one page insert to say well we're now going to you know basically the only villain they, they actually speak to in the whole of this storybook is is the riddler yeah now this is the 1960s story in that that time capsule piece um it, it's called when when is a door and it's the 
they go yeah. to meet the Riddler in in a junkyard where he yeah. has collected together all of the memorabilia from the Batman stories of the 1960s or the the Batman, as you say, the Adam West Batman 66 type thing. Yeah. So it's all the oversized um, typewriters and 12 foot tall radio, a, you know, all, all the weird and wonderful things that you would expect to see in, in, in that, that sense. And it's also that he's, they describe him as being a new, new out the gate villain, don't they? A little bit in this. Um, yeah. When you think that he was kind of one, he's an OG, isn't he? Really? Yeah, um, for me. yeah. And and it, it basically, the plane was an older character. In actually, you know, so no, they they really are saying that he's he's an old man, an older man, and he he talks about the history of of how they've got to this. Now, this is clearly a story that has been drawn for this special. Yeah. Because. There, you know, the 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 interview takes place in the junkyard. So yeah, there's a it's, whole, it's whole written by thing. Ronald Chevalier as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And as to, <laughs> to me, it features one of the most important yet forgotten pages in 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 DC Comics. Okay, um, which if we try and quickly find it, is 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 page number thirty two. Okay, right. Um, and in page 32, this, this basically describes entirely what was happening to the comics industry then and, and now by by summarising the fact that the the joke the the regular oh, here yeah. entirely believes that you know comics should be fun or time should be fun, um, and it, it set as I say it set very much in that sort of Adam West piece because you know the, the dialogue in it is basically we hung out together down at the what a way to go go it was great. <laughs> yeah. And, and he references guys, Adam yeah. West series villains, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And these were the guys that we never see anymore: King Tut, Egghead, the Bookworm, Marsha, the the Queen of Diamonds. Yeah. <sighs> where, where did they all go? Just him saying Batman. that makes me want to go back and revisit some of those episodes of yeah. the TV series. You know. Yeah. But but then the next six panels are are, are, are this just this perfectly because of the opening bit in the next panels, Batman and Robin were part of the fun. They were the straight men, but we were the stars. And that, to me, is the whole thing of this book. Is about yeah, that's a good the, point. The st- yeah. and, and across the whole of the Batman thing, it's a case of, it doesn't really, you know, yes, there are stories for Batman. I still say that Batman isn't really the, the main character. It's all the things around it. Because I, I still think things like Commissioner Gordon, Alfred, and, and all, all yeah. the stories are really about them and how Batman interacts with them. But yeah. Yeah, I've got a few um, theories about the Commissioner Gordon thing. For example, there's a couple, been a couple of Batman films that, you know, um, you know, even... Batman Year One is about Gordon, really. Yeah. A lot of it, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it goes on with this one. It says, you know, no one ever hurt anybody. Not really. No, nobody died. You know, you look around these days. It, it's all different. It's changed. The Joker's killing people for God's sake. D- did I miss something? Yeah. Was I away when they changed the rules? Yeah, that's and a good that point, actually. Yeah. Is me going, you know, and it, 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 you know, again, this just follows on, you know, from from Death in the Family, where it's like. Things were meant to be fun, but now we're going to this this dark age of comics, where the you know the the fun is being taken. You know, it's it's just losing the silliness that comes. You know, that was there, and yeah. we're going to go to this piece where oh yeah, characters will kill other characters, and you know the it, it there, there's lots in that that you know. So that page to me, if there was any page of this whole book that I would want to own, it's that page as yeah. long as it was lettered. Yeah, because it's got because that history to it. I get you, man. Yeah, and I agree completely it, it with that. I think. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like conceptually, you can see Gaiman as thought, 
what if we put a character from that TV series, which he remembers, I've seen interviews with him saying he remembers mm. it as a kid, into the modern world, and then it's been extrapolated out from that, yeah. hasn't it? You know, in a post-Dark Knight world, I suppose. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Anyway, so that, that that's, that's my, and anytime I think about this book, that's the the, the sequence and the, that particular line the joker's killing people for god's sake yeah. is, is the one that that, that that gets me yeah um which is also let's face it happens in this book <laughs> as yes, well yeah. yes yeah we actually get that yeah, yeah. Um, um the art so, in this yeah. the art in this is really interesting to me i know we had a quick chat before we came on i'm going to uh, so it's bernie miro um born 1961 in marville um in france um he's uh, canadian um, he claims to be influenced by Herge, the Hernandez brothers, Kirby, Kurtzman, Crumb, and Vaughn Bode. Um, something more of an indie comics character than anything else. Um, he did a comic called Mackenzie Queen at Matrix Graphics, which was inspired by um, Ditko's Doctor Strange. Uh, he did The Jam, which is inspired by Miller's Daredevil, which ran 18 issues, also published by Matrix, but also moved over to Slave Labor, Kamiko, and Dark Horse, and Caliber. So it had a sort of jumped about in its 18 issues. Did something called Doc Robot for Dark Horse, which I've seen about, but I haven't read. Um, and he did some of Matt Wagner's Grendel as well. Not a huge amount. His art, which is really interesting, because this one is inked by Matt. Is Wagner. inked by Matt. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, who so I love. Yeah, mm. yeah. And 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 Mr. Wagner has never been um, backwards in coming forwards with inks, and you can see that it's got strong ink on it, isn't it? It really mm. has lovely fresh clean outlines to stuff and that page you're talking about is so beautifully structured i think the top right hand panel with that just blank space there as he's speaking yeah. just speaks so well um and the, la the last panel where he's standing inside the question mark lovely. it's just the yeah the reverse silhouette yeah yeah there's... which is mm -hmm. beautiful um i feel these a bit there's maybe a bit of somebody we talked about before the roger language and also a bit of evan dork in mm. there somewhere for me um yes I my my thing there would be that this is 1989, so did this come first? Yeah, yeah, um, you may be right. Yeah, I, yeah. I I also think there's a bit of a this the fact that you said Crum and and Von Bode were were, um, were part of his influences. There's some thing here between them and Tim Sale and sorry, not Tim Sale, um, Bruce Tim. Yes, because yeah. I, I think there's a there's a bit of a Batman animated feeling about this as well. Plus, they needed in, that in classic of... Batman feel to it, didn't they? To, to make yeah. it um, retro yet modern within the words. So it's got a retro style to it, but the words are much more meta, aren't they? You know. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah, it, it, really well. it certainly has that sort of sixties pop art feeling to it as well, very much so. Um, in terms of the silliness that that's going on within it, but um, but yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. So that's the middle one. Um, so my next question to you would be, how do you feel about um, origin stories? Are there something you, you're drawn to? or? Um, again, it's about adding value each time. Yeah, the, it, It's very simple to do the same origin story over and over. I think it's one of the reasons why people get very sick of Spider-Man movies. Yeah, uh, yeah wrong man. Or, yeah. You know, or as a case of we, we don't need to go back to the beginning every single time, and I think that's why this actually is a book is quite interesting of taking this take of going, we'll get somebody else's view of who the people were. Yeah. Um. So the we'll have one of the goons talking about who the penguin is. Yeah. We'll have, and we'll get on to it. Second, we'll have Two Face's wife talking about, you know, who, who Harvey Dent was, rather than actually just getting it. Oh, it's the same storyline over again. Um, so I think there are 
there are ways to do origin stories. Yeah, I think um, with all, I actually think it, sorry, Matt, with all comics, I think is is an important aspect is how you go into how you enter, how you're let into the story, and I think mm. that goes to say, like you say with this, is we've got a different entry point for each one, haven't we? You know, yeah, yeah, and and then it's it's easy to play on certain tick points that you would say well i know these things need to happen yeah so as long as they're they're referenced in some way or other so it's like and post year one there you know the number of times you end up seeing bruce wayne sat in a chair with the you know father's bust at the other end of the hallway looking at him and you're waiting for the bat to come through the 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 window you know that 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 you can just say well you just need to slightest reference to that because i actually know what's happening in terms of the the storyline piece you can actually do the batman origin now for a lot of people just by showing perils falling (laughs) onto the ground you don't actually need to do anything else with it and so so much of it for me for an origin story is the what what's the slightly different take or the slightly different viewpoint on it and the secret origins books throughout did that they were often just here's a a side tale that goes on with some of the other tales that are taking place yeah so it wasn't just a strict it wasn't just the um the who's who entry because yeah. you had who's who and that's where you know so it was able to do this this balance between the two yeah i mean i i bought i didn't buy all of these but i bought the ones i was interested in and it had to be mm-hmm. there had to be a number of factors it had to be the creative team was something that i liked um and it had to be you're right that it was something interesting to me i don't i don't need to see certain superheroes origins again i'm not interested bores me to death no. you know like you say with the spider-man movies i just need to get past that you know if someone did a comic series called the origins of batman i probably wouldn't pick it up yeah I just you know i've got enough there's enough comics to buy but with this one you're right it's done in a, done in a different and in an artistic way you know there's there's a mm. there's a creative side to how they've done this which i kind of like i think yeah, yeah, I don't think Marvel have had an equivalency of this. They have, they've had Premiere and Spotlight, but they're not essentially origins, you know. Um, they've no. all, they've always come separately, and I, I like the way that DC. But I think it works for DC better because DC is a variety of sources that get put together into a comic company, don't they? You know, so you've had the Captain Marvel from over here, you've had the Superman action comics from over here, you've had Batman from over here, you know, we've had. Um, the Charlton heroes from over here. You know, we've had them all sort of thrown into a big pot, haven't we? And including to that, um, the, the the mess that was post crisis for us to understand. Yeah, it was required, wasn't oh, it? You know, the, the the mess pre crisis as well, where it's like you've yeah. got three different origins depending on which Earth that you're on. I know. I remember those then, those JLA stories, which had all the, the heads down each side of the page, and thinking, right, which one's he? And we'd had all Star <laughs> Squadron, didn't we? And we're like, what? Who is this? Who's the bloke with bees? What's that about? Um, you know. So, and I think that's why you are able to to retell some of the origin stories from time to time because it is a case of which of the tropes are you wishing to bring forward. So yeah. the peng, penguin one, you, you you decried the penguin training sequence there. <laughs> yeah. in that. But actually, to turn around and say that you know how did how did the penguin become the head of you know a crime gang? You know you've got to show a little degree of power and a little degree of you know, strength there. So the fact that he knows a few moves. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, you know, or no sort of throw a punch. Not a bad thing. I think occasionally um, we we see people trying to make him at the moment trying to make him the new kingpin sometimes, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on sometimes, but no, I, I didn't. I wasn't but, hating on it, man. I thought it was no, no, fine. No, no, no. I know, yeah. but I think I think it's an interesting, you know, to, to play around with it. But yeah. these things in terms of in terms of that. Yeah. Cool stuff. Let's move on to the last one, um, which is the Two Face story, written by Mark Verheiden, pencils Pat Broderick, inks Dick Giordano, colors Tom McCraw again, and letters Augustine Mass. Um, it. How would you describe this one, dude? It's quite brutal, isn't it? It it is. So this is this is the nineteen seventies story. In okay, my theory, right. If you like, partially because it's it's got Pat Broderick is a classical comic artist to me. Right. To, to me, in, he's the Bronze Age. I love. That's when I loved him. You know, the likes of yeah. Micronauts and Firestorm and, and Sunrunners. And I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm seeing to to me, I'm seeing that the seventies to early eighties is that sort of Bronze Age yeah, element. Is, yeah, That's really. why I'm seeing this. This is the thing. Yeah. So it has that 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 classical, and it's 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 the closest thing to an adventure story thing in it because it's a you know a, a prison break and a it's quite pulpy, isn't it? Actually, quite noiry. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it it again, it's quite gritty in terms of it's the you know it's the origin of Two Face as told by. Um, by his his wife to say you know, what you know this is you know she's still having or has had recent contact with them and this is you know yeah the fact that he is still in there as Harvey Dent and what does that mean and the, the again this is one that's been done specifically for this book because it has the interview sequence yes. with the, the the actual with Mr Jones um, <laughs> who is clearly trying to do the old Jerry Springer thing at that point of trying to get her to <laughs> you know to, to to dish the dirt and she's yeah. not really for it because she's wanting to do this thing about saying look he is not as bad as as he makes out. Um, the storyline itself is about a villain who's been sent to jail by Harvey Dent while he was DA. The while in prison he goes out of his way to commit further crimes so he spends the whole time in solitary so that he can only think about how he's going to get back yeah he just sits there hating on him in the dark doesn't he from the same yeah yeah i mean and there's a brutal panel at the bottom of page 40 where he makes his other cellmate hang himself (laughs) so he can be transferred to solitary that's um Uh, that's actually something that happens but so that they can be transferred to the hospital so what happens in prison if your cellmate um, kills themselves? Um, you get moved to the hospital wing to be monitored for sort of psychological reasons, which is yeah. better food, better movement, all this sort of thing. So you have some rather nefarious characters who will bully their cellmate into doing it. It's yeah. quite dark, but yeah, it's a thing that actual yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, thereafter, it's about the fact that the guy leaves prison eventually, and he, he basically kidnaps uh, Mrs. Dent so that Harvey Dent. You know, so he can get, but he hasn't because he's been solitary. He hasn't heard about the the whole events of of becoming yeah. Two Face. And again, this is has one of these these things about saying you you don't need to retell the 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 actual story of of Two Face. You just need the one panel that appears on page forty three where okay. the acid gets thrown into yes. his face, yeah. and it's a case of. If you've read any comics, you know that that's the that that one panel summarizes the whole origin of of, yeah. of Two Face, if you like. Thereafter, it's a, a story about whether or not Two Face goes ahead with the planned heist that he has, or does he go and save his his wife or ex wife? And it all comes down to the the the, the coin toss. Yeah, and. 
just gets harsher and harsher going through that in terms of whether or not he chooses to do so. Um, and, and ultimately, he, he does. It's a great story trick, isn't it, having that coin toss? I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so usable, isn't it? Um, so Harvey Dent, created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane, Detective Comics 66, 1942 again. So look at all these yeah. great characters and how they've stayed, you know. Um, yeah. No, good stuff, man. The, um, should we talk a little bit about Pat Broderick? Is, where did you yeah. first see him? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? First see him, I have absolutely no idea because he has been, or as I say, from that mid-70s on yeah. was, was an ever, ever present. I've got loads of DC and Batman books from 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 that period and even on one of the, the original pages. Um, oh, nice. Oh, yeah, you've got some, from, um, some art by him, haven't you? You got a shadow by Broderick as well, haven't you? Yeah, that was yeah. A, an, EG, an eBay purchase that was ah, um, right, okay. for, a, for a charity event. But yeah, no, I've got a got a page from Detective um, Five Four Nine, um, where he draws one of the best Harvey Bullocks. I've always said. That. Oh, no, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Oh, you showed me that. That is great, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. a little overhead um, shot of him, wasn't it? Almost, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah. So all set with movie posters in the background because they were playing a lot, and that was Harvey Dent's. Yeah. That was his hobby, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. So where did I first see him? I have no idea, but it would be in the you know, the, the the plethora of of the the background of DC comics. He is he's possibly never really done anything that was the big breakout. But yeah. he is one of the you know he's he's there with a parol going just his body of work speaks for you know yeah. for how important he is to to DC and many others you know because he, he's got a pretty good um, Marvel back catalog as yeah, well. So yeah, there's there's quite a lot of that. So as a kid, he competed in the comp- competition at DC and um, presented his work to Sol Harrison and Joe Orlando, and as he became part of the Junior Bullet- Bullpen Program. And he would draw filler pages and um, do sort of shorts for some of the hundred page giant super specials back then. Um, he worked at continuity at around the same time as a member of the Krusty Bunkers under Neil Adams, Dick Giordano. Um, went to Atlas, Atlas Seaboard very briefly um, before going to Marvel. Um, and he did quite a few issues of Micronauts, issue 19 to 34. I suppose the earliest book I have of him maybe is probably, he did a Master of Kung Fu issue, believe it or not, issue 70, which is quite early wow. on. Um, he created... With J.M. Demetrius, he created the Creature Commandos in Weird, Weird War Tales 93. Um, he allegedly um, <laughs> got really pissed off with Jim Shooter and left Marvel and went to DC. Co-created J- Tim Drake um, with Marvel Wolfman. Um, mm. did, a sh- did a run on Swamp Thing, not a short run, a few issues. Um, launched Green Lantern Volume 3. Um, had a falling out with DC, editors of DC <laughs> and then went back and um, since Shooter had left, he went and worked on Marvel at Marvel at, on Alpha Flight and Doom 2099. Um, some of his standout work is um, Fury of Firestorm, Micronauts, Sunrunners at Pacific, which is a great series. You can find it. I recently feel I only had two issues and I missed two issues. So I bought them the other recently. Lovely, lovely work. Did some work on Captain Marvel post Stalin. Um, did some work on Ragman, if you remember that. Um, which is yeah. a great series, um, and also post Cuba, and he also did some um, Captain Captain Atom as well, which he, I think he's he almost has an iconic look for that character, I think, um, yeah. like his style, yeah, yeah. There are, there are one or two things in this particular story where the there, there's something about if you're drawing two face, you always have to turn the body in such a way that you see both sides <laughs> yeah, of the I face. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, so just there, be there's, some there's a couple joke, of times where yeah, where you're like. 
yeah, that you know, the neck doesn't twist as far around as that, but you know, you you, you live with it. Yeah. Um, but again, this, as I say, to me, this is late seventies, early eighties feel about it in terms of the both the way the storyline holds, um, and and the art feel about it. Yes, yeah, it is. Broderick, Broderick's, it's his classic. He's a classical DC or classical comics from that 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 period. Um, he doesn't skimp on anything, does he? Either I think is there's loads of line work there. It's loads of background stuff. He did cheer me up once on um, Facebook by saying, "Bloody hell, I just sold a comic to a cosplayer." That's a first, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, and he's also he's now part of Power Comics, which is an agency that um, sends comic artists to conventions. He's a right. member of that. It's quite interesting. Um, the writer of this is a guy called Mark Verheiden. Have you have you heard much about him, dude? No, that must have that. I should really have looked him up because no, he's, uh, yeah. he's probably better known as a scriptwriter. So, uh, born in '56, first book was The American at Dark Horse, which I remember reading, and it being a sort of slightly right of centre <laughs> Captain America sort of type character with some political overtones into it. Um, he then did the first Predator comics at Dark Horse, first Alien and uh-huh. Predator comics, which I suppose he must still make a few quid off. Um, he wrote for Action Comics. Uh, he wrote for the Smallville TV series and the Smallville comic. Um, he wrote a 13-issue Phantom series. Um, and on TV and movies, he's done. he wrote... He wrote not completely, he may have wrote, he wrote screenplays for The Mask, Time Cop. Um, he was a writer and executive producer on the Constantine series. He was a writer on the Daredevil TV, TV series. He was a writer on the new Battlestar Galactica, the new Swamp Thing. So, no, it's, there's not uh, There's not so, really, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he went, went into telly and then you kind of went, well, okay, fair yeah. enough. You know how to make your money out of it, mate. We don't necessarily agree with everything, all the choices you made. Yeah, exactly. Ash vs. <laughs> Evil Dead, which I hear is good, although I haven't watched it. Uh, he wrote some of the Heroes TV show, which was up and down for me. Falling Skies and Hemlock Grove. So Ooh, Falling Sky, Falling Skies was was not a good program. <laughs> it was one of those ones where you'd watch three series and you knew the fourth was the last, so you had to watch it because oh, you, no, you, you kind of committed yourself to it. And you're like, please, please end now. But, uh, <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Um, so. We, we so now this this leads us into the final story or the final yeah. part of the story. So this is the 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 bottom of the envelope that wraps these stories up, isn't it? So something. Yeah. Let's break. Look, it's how many years since this came out? Thirty five or something. Let's let's break yeah. the news to people what happened. Do you want to explain? So in terms of the, obviously the it, Mr. Jones then goes on to close out the television program, and what they do is they have a number of talking heads at the end just to ask people in the street. Yes, what, one of them is very interesting. Of it. So there, there's one of them is John Constantine, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, sorry, it's a blonde guy in a trench coat smoking a cigarette who decides to say no comment with regard to... As um, all good scouts have said, sorry, Squire. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Squire. Um, <laughs> which did lead me to wonder who who some of the other heads were meant to be and if I was trying to work something out. Because uh, the the last second to last one or the last one on on page 55 the before it jumps back to him talking um which i actually wasn't sure if that was supposed to be i don't know what gaiman looked like in um there's a certain gaiman i'm not sure if gaiman would have been quite as happy of, as him not being that glamorous in that having seen yeah. him in violent cases and stuff but yeah i know what you mean yeah i want that's the one i wondered at and i wondered yeah could it have been some artist he's got that sort of 
yeah. English artist cool looking thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And and just yeah. because of the line that he then gives himself of being the you know the the villains are cultural icons, Springsteen, the Joker, Donald Duck, and Bogart says it all. Oh you know, God, yeah, it sounds just, like I, I him can as imagine, well, isn't it? <laughs> I imagine him saying. So basically, and that that ends the television program, and then they basically cut back to the studios to say, well, you know. That's us, but it's a real shame that we couldn't get the Joker to to actually appear on on the show. Yeah. At which point in time, somebody in, a, in a, a big hat and a purple coat walks past them in the background, and um, you see a sort of gas coming out the back of the coat, and uh, Mr. Jones ends up start laughing and then collapses to the ground with an absolutely gruesome grin on his face yeah. the way that final panel is drawn. So basically, oh, so the Joker has poisoned him as, as he's gone. Yeah, I read and some reviews that said that he dies, so that he's dead. So I'm guessing everyone must have died from that gas, were they? I don't know. Yeah, well, it, it just seems to have affected him and nobody else. But yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's and, a parody on and, what he is. That's, that grinning fucking idiot is a parody yeah. on all the grinning idiots that were on television at the time, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And so, as I say, as, a, as an ensemble book... There, you know, there are highs and lows in terms of the artwork. There's highs yeah. and lows in terms of storyline. But I actually think it works as a as a hold together for saying, look, there are different origins for all the different villains out there. Here are some of the ones that that, that are not the Joker, so we can actually focus on them in terms of it. it. It's a book that provides you the opportunity to say there are different feels in terms of the timelines associated to Batman, and therefore you can actually put different beats associated to each of them yeah um and i always remember it because of that that one page of the the riddler saying you know what the hell happened why where did all the fun go yeah. um and, that, and that's why it always st- and <laughs> that and the cover you always remember the cover yeah you um, do with yeah. that one don't you yeah you really do so, i see you reposted it recently on his um instagram yeah, page Boland. yeah i'm not not surprised in the slightest um so that's why as, as a as something that's worth looking at for, for people who, you know, if you're a bat person and you've not delved back as far as, as 1989, I would recommend this as a... It's as a, a nice little fun one and done, isn't it? You get It won't cost you much. If you found it at Comic Mart, it'd probably be a quid or something, wouldn't it? You know, um, Bits of it have been reprinted in, in certain things. Yeah, there's a trade, so, isn't there? What, what's the name of the game and trade? Whatever happened to the... Cape yeah, Crusader it's, or only, yeah. it's only the game and bits. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's basically it, it doesn't have the the penguin story or the um um the, the two face story. Right. Okay. It, because obviously, so the, the but the others have been reprinted in other things as well. I think it's in one of the um the DC hardcovers that are coming out in the the UK. The the oh the okay monthly right. releases. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was in, in one of those, but the. Yeah, so, but hey, look, you you'll pick it up for for it's on Comicsology for a pound fifty yeah. or whatever it was. You know, yeah. Do that. That's where I got um, it for this man. Yeah, I'm very tempted to go back. They've got a lot of the Secret Origin stuff on there. I've just swiped and it says, oh, they're the others, the other issues there. Although, although I'm at a Comic Mart in a couple of weeks, so I'm tempted to try and find the old one there. Oh, you know? I would imagine most of them will be in a fifty pence bin. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, quite fun, aren't they? But that's, I think, to me, that's what Batman should be. I always say this is what Conan should be as well. So Batman should be that one you can go and pick up the odd issue here, here and there, and, and read a Batman story, and that's yeah. the fun in it. And the same with Conan. Um, and it's sort of, I think we've lost sight of that a bit recently. I, I get Detective and Batman, and if I miss a couple of issues, I'm fucking lost. You know. The, 
the thing that I keep hating about some of the newer Batman stories is, oh, here's somebody he met in his youth. Oh, no, and like going, when he was training. And, well, yeah. on. Why, why are we only finding out about this person now? <laughs> You know, I, I don't mind you introducing a new character, but don't say, oh, he's known this guy for the last 30 years. And you go, well, I've been reading comics for the last 40. Why, is, why am I only finding out about it now? Yeah. You know, it, it's that that's where you either just stick with the classic villains, though some of them I think are badly handled. Um, yeah. I think the Joker is very badly handled at times. Oh, I've lost track of him. Um, all these different Jokers and all this sort of thing. It's oh, just, you know. the, the time where he cut his face off, you're like, what? No, that yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. The thing that I, I was the best person to write the Joker for me was Denny O'Neill. Oddly enough, there's, right. there's a bunch of things he did that were, were were absolutely perfect in terms of that Joker space, and it's partially because I always say if you're writing the Joker, the thing that you need to do is you you as the reader you want to end up laughing at what he's done and then stop yourself going oh my god he's done something horrendous I shouldn't actually be laughing at that yeah and it's why I think it worked in um, the movie The Dark Knight. When he walks out dressed as the nurse and blows up the hospital, yeah, because uh, you initially you go, "That's really funny." He's dressed as nurse and he's made it blow up, and oh, he jumped, and then you kind of go, "He's just he's killed up a those hospital. people." Yeah, 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 yeah. I should not be laughing at that. And to me, that's that's the perfect way to write the Joker is to say, make him do something horrendous that is actually quite funny to make you think that you should not be laughing but at. But also it not, yeah. something genius. So he's like. You know he can go yeah. up against Lex Luthor because he's every he's fourteen steps ahead of everyone. You know that's yeah. why he's always to me Batman's greatest villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, not just a psychopathic killer and stuff, which is the way he's played. You know, and, and yeah. written in a lot of the other things. Um, but definitely but yeah. good. I think that's that's a great little choice. Um, yeah, I enjoyed reading that man. I'd probably, like I say, I'm going to go back and read some more of that, and it got me, it, it had me going down the Sam Keith rabbit hole of reading all this stuff again, and yeah, just superb, just love it, absolutely love it, good stuff. So, right, moving on to you, sir. Um, you, you're on holiday. Um, you're obviously doing a bit of drawing. What else are you reading while you're away? You any, you any little comic runs you've read or anything like that? So while I was away, I. Um, sat down and read the whole of Andy Watson's The Book Tour. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. I, I've always liked Andy Watson's work. I've got yeah. a lot of his, his stuff from... Though the, 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 I, there must be a gap, because I remember getting stuff about 20 years ago now. Um, yeah. Or, well, well, I actually think what's it. happened is he's become really popular in Europe. And yeah. that, when I was at Angoulême, the last Angoulême, that book was there, and he was really popular with it, doing signings and mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, but I remember reading Glisser and, and all that sort of stuff, and Skeleton Key way right, back in the course, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. But um, so no, I, having had it on the shelf for a while to read, I, I, I sat down and, and, and ploughed through that as my as my thing while I was away. In the, it's quite a long book, isn't throne, it? But it's, um, as, as you saw. What's that, mate? Sorry. <laughs> sat on my throne. Yeah, you had a throne. You got a golden throne now, didn't you? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it was just in the hotel that I was in, but yes, yeah, so it's not mine. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good little book to read. I read that. It's it's quite a long one. I read it on a long train journey once, actually, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's 
it's thick, but it's not a long read. It's quite pacey in terms of how you get through it and stuff. And I, yeah. I, I really highly recommend it. There's highly a lot of movement through the town and stuff, isn't there? Is he sort of racing yeah. through the town and stuff? Yeah, no, it's lovely. The um, So the other thing I'm, I suppose we should talk about is it's now the run into Thought Bubble, isn't it? Where it's, where it's all getting ready and everything. It, it is. You know? um, so, so you were at, uh, at Meanwhile um, last weekend and yep. you... One can find out about that by listening to the other podcast. Very hilarious time. Um, and uh, so I'm getting my trial run in at, uh, I'll be at the Balerno Craft Fair and Farmer's Market on <laughs> the, Classic. I want to say the 9th Classic of October. Classic Henderson. <laughs> um, so I'll be the only one there selling selling comics, but no, so there's a craft fair up, which is not too far from me. So if you're oh, nice. anyone who's in the Edinburgh area and is uh, there's a few people listening for something to do, yeah, yeah, then um, do do pop along to the Balenciaga. Go buy my coffee at least. Yeah, take my coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good, man. Yeah, we've just um, applied for the Satanic Flea Market for tribute, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens there. That'd be a load of sex people, I reckon. Uh, you know, as long as you get the flea treatment that you need beforehand, and you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see you coming back wearing a collar. Actually, yeah, I've got black tape over possible. my nipples, or whatever it is they do there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. that. So that's that. And the end, as you say, then it's the countdown to the big one. Yeah. You see, fingers crossed. Touch wood, it happens. That's our. That's how we feel about it. Um, I think numbers are going the right way. I, I think yeah. at the moment. I think we're doing all right. Um, meanwhile kind of proved it but meanwhile was kind of open to the outside world you know the tents and stuff um and we're lucky with the weather uh, for the most part um so yeah yeah, we'll see should be good no i'm 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 confident and uh we shall as you say we shall wait and see what what actually comes with that yeah definitely man good where can people find you out just go into any form of social media and look for penguin Good stuff. Um, and you are thinking. So, what are you going to have at Thought Bubble? So, we've got. So at Thought Bubble, I will have a variety of books and merchandise associated to the, to the Penguin, as well as some of the original paintings that I Yeah, I wondered if you're going to bring some of them year. along. Yeah, I know they get snapped um, up quite quickly, most of your stuff, don't they? But yeah, yeah. I've got about, about 10 of them that are kicking around, or maybe, maybe a few more. That uh, So, I'll bring them along. There will be three books that have never been never been to a convention before. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so that uh, it starts out with the, the, the 2020 vision book, um, followed yeah. by the by coincidence. And uh, by the end of it all, you, we had burnout. So uh, it's, it's good, vision, it? coincidence and burnout are the, the, the three books that have never been to a convention before. Do you know, it's mad, um, so, actually. We All of the books on our table were new to a convention because obviously we started tribute mm. just for lockdown. Um, but the it, you'd be amazed, man. A couple of tables there had books on them and only had books on them that I've seen on tables since about 2016. <laughs> so it's good to get new stuff out, I think. That's all yeah. we need. No, so it's, yeah. it's going to be an interesting, as to say, it's going to be an interesting mix, I think, at, at Thought Bubble. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of new first... It's weird, there were a lot of new first sight books for a lot of people. However, because of the, the lockdown, etc., I think a lot of people have been buying more things online and therefore yeah. are backing Kickstarters. Or, yeah, or Kickstarters whatever. are done all right. Yeah. Um, which means that for for certain people who are attending, it's a case of you know I, I'm saying those three books have never been to to Thought Bubble before. All three of them were kickstarted and and did quite well. Yeah. Um, 
which 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 is great, but it does mean when you start attending conventions, you realize some of these people have already got it. Yeah. I will certainly be presenting my table sort of split in half. Uh, bef- not there won't be a line on the table, but you know it's going to be a, a before lockdown and post lockdown set of work purely so that people you know so you use it so it's easier to point people as to what they may have seen before or not yeah. seen before. Um, yeah, agreement. Yeah. And I'll be doing doing packs of the books as well, so that you know you can buy the individual books for well, the, what the hundred page books are are seven pound each. But I'll be doing a pack of all three for for a reduced price that will contain one or two other goodies in it as well. Good so. stuff, man. And I'm, Al will be back on the show before Thought Bubble, so we'll give out oh, yeah. all the uh, the map details and the table numbers and all that sort of thing a bit nearer the time, so you can remember. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. You can find my stuff at Patreon.com forward slash tribute press come and join us um you can also find me at neverunanything.com if you are a fan of this podcast and you fancy talking about comics and come on to the awesome comics slack just message one of us and we'll send you a joining link um a lot of great chat on there um really good and the last thing i've got to say is congratulations to jwc who gets married this weekend congratulations mate um she's marrying someone who's now part of the uh, comics community well done well done sir <laughs> um good and we shall be back I'll be back with Al towards the end of the month. Um, next month, we got, we're just about to do some planning and promises. Uh, pro- I make promises good. We've got the, um, as long as it records all right, we've got the um, Peter David Hulk run coming up next as well. And then something with Eamon. So keep keep listening. Thanks to everyone for the nice comments around the, uh, the anniversary issues. And um, thanks, Al. And we'll keep talking in a second. Cheers, man. Mm-hmm.